close your eyes and pull like that. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's show we'll be looking ahead to the Munster Football Championship with particular focus on Cork's opener against Limerick this weekend. But first, the waiting is almost over for football fans across the country as Liverpool and Spurs go head-to-head in this weekend's Champions League final in Madrid. To preview the game, we're joined by West Cork's biggest Liverpool fan, Mr. Donald O'Sullivan, and West Cork's only Tottenham fan, ah. <laughs> Mr. Jordan McCarthy. Welcome to the studio, lads. Thanks, Kieran. Um, as the only Man United fan here, I'm going to be the impartial juror, I suppose, in the kind of the rock of sense in, in, in this conversation. Um, worth pointing out, too, that Jack is a Liverpool fan as well. So, juror's outnumbered two to one here in the studio today. But before we look closer at the final on Saturday... Lads, I just want to see what defines success for you. Kind of, um, is it winning trophies, like putting silverware in, in a trophy cabinet, or is it nights like Liverpool Barca, which you were at, Donal, or yeah. Spurs away to City or, or Ajax, which, which is more important? Is it more important to win the game, or is, are the memories more important in the legacy? Well, I, I suppose um, you, you play the game for success, Kieran. Then, like, it's not the taking part. Obviously, you want to put trophies in the cabinet at the end of the day. Um, Looking back down through the years, obviously a United fan, you've had plenty of success, but hopefully there won't be a few years of that for for a few more years to come. But um, look, as a Liverpool fan, obviously the season is defined by a trophy at the end of the season. So they, they, they competed heavily for the league. It was disappointing to obviously lose out. That they're, they're back in the Champions League final two years in a row. Um, the nights have been brilliant, the games have been brilliant, but like to, to come away from Madrid Saturday night now with a defeat again, It'll be bitterly disappointing, and like you can have all the memories you want, but you need to put a trophy on the table at the end of the day. So that'd be that'd be my take on it. Maybe. Yeah, and just to just to kind of add to that, there, if you look back at Liverpool's Champions League win in two thousand and five, the games in the lead up to that success are remembered because they won the final. Say, for example, if Liverpool had lost to AC Milan, Steven Gerrard's goal wouldn't have become the iconic moment that it became. So. Although the moments are great, and that's what being a fan is generally all about, the moments sharing with your friends your, who are also fans. But when it comes down to it, the Liverpool fans still still sing we won it five times for a reason, because yeah. that's that's why you start to, playing football, it's to, it's to win trophies. To, just to back up that point, like the, the Barcelona game, 3-0 down after the, after the first leg to, to win the second leg, 4-0, unbelievable night, but... It probably won't stand for much if if Spurs turn them over Saturday night. So again, like the memories are brilliant. The nights, the Champions League nights are unbelievable at Anfield. But um, you, you just you got to get over the line, and and I think Klopp definitely needs to get over the line. You know, this, his third full season in charge now. You know, he's he's since he's come in, he's said three year, three to four years. Um, he's been unlucky. Obviously, he's a poor record in finals, but hopefully he'll he'll turn it around Saturday night. All right for Spurs, Ger. What mm. what defi- what defines success for a Spurs fan? Well, listening to all this trophy-laden talk from the the three pundits opposite me, it's and as a long suffer, one of many long-suffering Spurs fans in West Cork here, and I'll have you know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> There's three of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it's hard to argue. Look, trophies are what define success. I mean, in the modern day 
English football, especially and especially over the last couple of weeks, the headlines. You look at Manchester City completing a treble, domestic treble, and it's all negative headlines about how they've spent money. Um, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks around English football and the money coming into it and being spent, the crazy money being spent on it. But Bill Nicholson always said, it, previous Spurs manager, uh, double winning manager, said football is all about glory. And Spurs have a brand new stadium. Spurs have a very good team. They've one of the best managers in the world, one of them. But they've no trophies. So even the most diehard Spurs fans are delighted. Uh, kind of like Donald said, there's been a huge, there's been a lot of memories this year. It's been one of the most unbelievable European runs for the club, and they've had a few. But this has been the most unbelievable and unexpected one. But if we, if it all comes a cropper in in Madrid on Saturday night, it, I don't think it will really matter. It'll, it'll be looked back on fondly as a season. Um, like Jack was referring to there, you look back on seasons finally and, and the highlights of them. But I give all that away, and I give the last five years of Pochettino away just to win a trophy <laughs> and playing terrible football. Because if you win trophies and you become, it becomes a habit, which is what happened at United, which is what happened at Man- has happened at Manchester City. You attract better players, and the momentum continues. Yeah. But if you're in and out every couple of seasons, like Spurs have been, they're a top four club. That's the way I describe them. But there were 20 odd points off the top two this year, so that's where we are. Um, so winning a trophy, however we win it uh, next Saturday night, if we can do it in penalties, and it's a horrible, I don't care. I just want the trophy because that then defines the previous seasons. Whereas losing, it's like, well, we had a good run, and off we go again next year. I I, I don't think the league position does Spurs justice to be fair so they, they were there thereabouts they were competing and, and a lot of people said look when push comes to shove they'll, they'll, they'll pencil for a want of a better word and, and fall away but they, they, they suffered a couple of defeats but I, I think Pochettino decided to put all his eggs in one basket in and, and focus on the Champions League and it's been an unbelievable run for Spurs like when, when you see the games they've won that, that City game you know, to, to come out of that away to beat them away was it was unbelievable it was um. I was, I was, I won't say I was devastated. I was disappointed because I was hoping the city would advance and, and keep them tied up another bit. But the thought of facing City in Madrid now Saturday night would probably be more daunting than Spurs. And I don't mean that no. in in a disrespectful way, but it's um, it's just they've had they've had an unbelievable run. And like as George says, Pochettino is definitely up there. And I think they need they need a trophy soon as well to to kind of to keep him because there will be. I won't say bigger clubs, but maybe the likes of Juventus, Barcelona, they they will be looking, they will be sniffing around them, and and it's it's probably only a matter of time if if the club don't back him. I think he'll he'll be out of there. But just before but, we move on yeah. to success, I just want to ask Joe a question. Just in in terms then of Spurs' recent history, hmm. so you said you'd swap it all. Hmm. But then just going back a smaller further, so the last trophy Spurs won was obviously the League Cup mm-hmm. in two thousand and seven. Would that yeah. be right? Yeah. In mid 2000s definitely like that. <laughs> so yeah. would you consider that a successful season now for Spurs if they won a League Cup and had qualified or missed out on the Champions League as opposed to qualifying well, for the Champions yeah, League I know the League Cup yeah, is kind of a yeah, but it's, just yeah. in general it's still a, it's still a major trophy I, I think it's, it's when it comes to lifting a trophy and winning a trophy it's the momentum as I said that you gain from it we didn't gain any after that but what has become a kind of an invisible trophy is finishing third and fourth. Yeah. And in terms of money and in terms of finances, Spurs have to be in the top four to pay off the stadium, the magnificent new stadium that they've got. Keep Harry Kane. Possibly, and Christian Eriksen and Dele Alli and all these other players because they will get, they will treble. Like one of the things that Daniel Levy has done in the last five or six years is he has kept the wages relatively low and successfully so, so from his point of view. Um, unlike Manchester City who've got a, an hour or a, 
the, Qatar, the family that the, the Emirates and own all those billions of petrochemicals that are behind them, unlike Liverpool, who have uh, the American money behind them. Spurs have one owner, Joe Lewis, who spends his year on a yacht somewhere in the Bahamas, and he calls the shots. And Spurs right now are ripe for takeover. New mm-hmm. stadium, a lot of good players, in and around the top of the Premier League, make a lot of money, may not win anything. Takeover, they'll make more money. But that doesn't define the soul of a football club. The soul of a football club is when you lift that trophy and then you go on and lift another one. Back when we last won the League Cup, it was great, but it didn't didn't have the kick on that it should have had because the investment didn't follow. So I guess it kind of goes hand in hand if I can answer your question. If you lift one trophy, you should go and lift, look to lift another one. But if, you never man, if you're never in the hunt for trophies, then all you're doing is finishing third and fourth. Maybe that's all you'll ever do. And I would say that about this year, Spurs used to be known as a cup team. And I wouldn't say that we're a cup team anymore. We do play better over longer periods of time when we have all our players fit and available. But we don't have the squad, I think, or the bench that Liverpool have. We don't have the bench that Manchester City have. And that's the difference at the very, very end of it. You can get away with the Champions League every now and again. You can cause a couple of upsets, even with a lot of injuries. But over the course of a, what is in a gruelling season, look, yeah. just look at City and Liverpool's records. Next season, losing a game will be seen as a crisis, which is an insanity. Yeah. But that's, Liverpool lost one all season. Yeah, and that's you know? where we're at. Yeah. Talk, listen to you both there both Liverpool and Spurs badly want to win the Champions League on Saturday but is it fair to say it's more important for Liverpool to win this because they're further along in their terms in progression like Klopp's third season like is it more important for Liverpool to win the Champions League given what Klopp's record is to be fair to me it's, it's, it's one, was it one, one, one win in eight finals I think one win in seven finals it's, it's, and yeah. given and given for his three years now and with no trophy to show at the end of the season would that be termed a failure even though there's been all these fantastic moments I just feel there's more pressure on Liverpool to finish this season with something because it's something to build on next year because they want to attract new players and they want to move to the next level but they need to win something because Spurs to be fair uh, Spurs are they're not as far along as this Liverpool team this Liverpool team is ready to take the next step but to take the next step they need to win something so I feel the pressure is on is on, is on I, I think without a shadow of doubt that there's more pressure on Liverpool um, like when you look back last year Champions League final mm-hmm. poor keeping errors cost them a game you know they, they didn't have Becker obviously they sadly got injured um, to think that they'd be back in the Champions League final again 12 months later I, I didn't see it but they're there um, as you say Klopp he's been in seven cup finals last six um, the, the pressure is definitely on Liverpool like I know Spurs they'll want to win it as much as as, as Liverpool will but I think if they were to lose they can look at it as, as, a, as, a, as a step and, and drive on again next season whereas with Liverpool it'll be like 97 points didn't win the league Champions League twice two defeats like how, how are we going to repeat that like what, what's how, how do you step it up again only do exactly what we've done this season and, and hopefully get over the line but um, it's it's a tough one Yeah and I think it's slightly unfair as well to label Klopp as a failure because when you read out the stat not you Kieran it's one win in seven finals <laughs> it's, it's seven finals <laughs> yeah, yeah. and when you take into but, account last year's final when Loris Carius just lost his marbles in the middle of the game threw a ball out to Benzema as Van Dijk was turned the other way assuming yeah. the ball was going to be kicked up the field you cannot lay that blame on the feet Who of your club other than the well, look, yeah. I, I, I'd agree with you Jack like he's, he's far from a failure like yeah. you, you talk to any Liverpool fan like he, he came in, in in October 15 you know um, finished 8 in their first season but probably luckily got to a, a Carling Cup final or a League Cup final lost to a good City team again on penalties got to the Europa League final um, 
1-0 up against Sevilla at half-time, cruising, and for some reason, the, the, the wheels just fell off in the second half and lost 3-1. You know, so, like, that was his, his first half-season. That was two cup finals. Far from, like, it wasn't expected. Yeah. He, he came along then. You know, he, he got fourth the following season. He got fourth again. So that was back in the Champions League after a couple of years out of there. And the third year back in the, with fourth, Champions League final 2018. So um, ask any Liverpool fan, he's, he's far from a failure. Like what we've watched, or the fans have watched down through the years, especially since, since Hudson was there. Doug Leach came in interim and then he took over. And then Rodgers, as I said earlier, when we were talking outside, Rodgers came in and, and basically was carried by Suarez and Sterling and Sturridge at the time. Like vulnerable at the back, but just unbelievable attacking. So what, what fans are seeing now, is, is unbelievable like to, to, to get 97 points this season lose one game play the football that they've been playing and, and, and still not win the league is, is probably unheard of but at the same time they're, they're a joy to watch and I might be biased but um, it, he's far from a failure so. I loved him at Borussia Dortmund because I'm a Dortmund fan from a long way back and I used to watch a bit more Dortmund than other people tend to watch when he was there they played the most attractive brand of football better than Bayern Munich but they rarely until towards the end got the better of Munich because Munich much like Man City more yep. money better players yeah and took two of his best players yep took two of his best players out in Mats Hummels yeah. and, and, and Götze as well and Götze, yeah. Lewandowski but yeah. I think he's at a club that will I won't say accept failure but that will accept the steps that he's taken in the time that he's been there to a point mm-hmm. yeah. okay to a point there will come a point where okay lads what are we doing and it happened at Brucey Dortmund and he ended up going. Just back to your original point, I don't disagree with you that Liverpool need to win it for the reasons that you've outlined in your right. But Spurs have to win it. And that's different. Because the last time we came close to winning a major trophy was when Leicester won the Premier League. And we were the closest to them for the long of it. And it was a long season and we fell short. This is a one-off. This is it. This is the best chance we'll have of winning European mm-hmm. Cup, possibly for quite a long time again, when I'm, the rumours that I'm hearing of the players that are leaving. This is a one-shot, yeah. take on Liverpool. doesn't really matter with the greatest respect to this Liverpool. This is the European Cup. This is our shot. It's a one-off game. Okay. After three games in our group, we hadn't won a game. We weren't getting out of the group. I wrote a lot about them. and uh, they, it, it took a draw against the Barcelona reserves in the final group game yeah. to get into the last 16. Dortmund were top of the Bundesliga. We had no business taking them on. Over two legs, beat them. City, no business beating them. We found a way. And Ajax, it was done, it was dusted, it was dead, and it was just a crazy week of football anyway. Much like Liverpool's comeback with Barcelona, which was better. Um, but we still found a way. And Poch Atino finds a way. Mm-hmm. But can he do it on the biggest stage? Can he do it in a one-off situation? Because if we don't, we're back to that year that Leicester won the league. Well, that was your chance for us, and that was your chance. And those players and agents are listening to all of this. So I think Liverpool could actually absorb a loss, as bad as it would be, and come back probably next season I'm not so sure we could but if we win it if Spurs win it the likes of Kane Eriksen Deli Alli Aldevoireld Fertangel Lloris will all maybe think think again about their long term contracts and all of a sudden the kind of player that you can attract and the money that you can spend is more important to Spurs Is there not an element though of if Spurs were to win the Champions League final on Saturday fingers crossed that they don't from my perspective mm. but is there not a chance that but you're saying if they win, they might stay. But would it not be if they win, they'll feel like their they've job here is done. We've achieved greatness at Spurs. It can go oh, on oh, forever. Oh, we're going to top this. Yeah, and oh, so yeah. Pochettino might see it's yeah. a good time to go out like when Mourinho left Porto. I know it was obviously yeah, yeah. money is the, the key thing for managers, really. No, there is. But that's also, good. Yeah. 
it's a fair point yeah. could say I've just won a Champions League with Spurs there's no points then here yeah. anymore it's either it's, it's all down from here and, and you, like when you look at the league like to, to challenge City again next year you know, I, I can't see Liverpool repeating that well, hang on season, if Liverpool so. win it right if Liverpool mm. why wouldn't Mo Salah and Sadio Mane think the same thing if Madrid come with their massive checkbook this summer they, they, they've they all signed well, contracts yeah. but you'd be hoping that to What's take massive money yeah well look there's, that, there's probably no difference realistically in the fact that Liverpool I, and Spurs have in I, recent history been selling clubs when they're good players mm-hmm. perform Luis Suarez they, I, they I, I, so I, I, I won't be surprised if well, Firmino they're saying is likely one to leave so but, uh, I it's just I'm used I, I to think Liverpool's I, good players I, I think there's a big difference because to me if they left Liverpool from Madrid at this, this moment in time I think they're taking a step backwards mm-hmm. in, in where that team is going that Madrid team it's it's going going one way similar to Barcelona. They've they've signed, um, oh, the, Griezmann, yeah. and he's possibly come yeah, yeah. yeah twelve months too late for them. Do you know, like they're they're probably going to struggle a bit as well. But obviously they're going to be huge for a season or two. Mm-hmm. But to, to go to Madrid, to go to Juventus, I genuinely think like Liverpool, they're on the rise. They're on they're still yeah. on the rise, and it might sound stupid to say it, but um, like they've been playing well over the last couple of seasons, and and I can see it hopefully repeating itself for the next. Couple what of years, if you. Talk, Salah, it you does. Know, I know. Yeah, sure. Look, the wages and but they've gone nuts this summer. They have. They have tied Salah down, Firmino and Mane to to, to long term contracts with with bigger but wages. But they signed uh, Suarez and Sterling at all uh, to long term contracts. Yeah, but uh, I, I think the Suarez, the Suarez one was different. I think the Suarez one was done. They, they knew he was on the way out, yeah, and yeah. and it was it was like a case of. You sign, you give us, you give us another few months, and and we're going to let you go. Well, I would just never assume any Liverpool no, player is going to stay. Yeah, yeah. for my entire it, life, it's yeah. been they play well, they're gone. Exactly, it's almost different now because Liverpool have reached this level now where they are one of the elite clubs in Europe. Kind of you want players to kind of go there. Like when you consider that, like Henderson is a good player. When you have Henderson there, when you have like say Dejan Lovren and stuff, if Liverpool could upgrade a couple of players and they're at such a level, it's been harsh on Henderson there. Well, Possibly. He's been the. This is Sir Alex Ferguson speaking, you know, when he, when he questioned his running techniques. So. But he's like, would you consider, like, that's why I think the proposition of Liverpool winning the Champions League is quite scary for, for United fans, but for a lot of fans, because it's a team, Liverpool, when you look at it, it's almost the sum of the parts is greater than the individuals. And that's so, a top team. Yeah, to the and core, yeah. If you add in a couple of more world class players to that, playing at that sort of level, that's when it gets a lot scarier for, for, for other fans and stuff, you know, that you can really kick on. But quick look at the league games. So the two league games in the Premier League this year, Liverpool won them twice, but the second yeah. game at Anfield was a lot, lot closer. Yeah. Liverpool needed a late, late winner there. There's been very little between the teams. Mm. So looking ahead to Saturday, where, where are the match winners? And who, who are the match winners in both teams? Well, from, Spur- well, from Spurs' point of view, definitely, if you, I've watched them the last five, six weeks, all their matches, they're jaded looking. Mm-hmm. So the three-week break is better for us. Um, Kane is the elephant in the room because there's talks that he's going to take Carter's on injections and play I think that's a mistake as good as he is and as good a finish now if it's going nil-nil we're into extra time and penalties are looming which I highly doubt um, because I think there's going to be loads of goals I think yeah okay bring him on he might be a dead ball specialist he might do a bit of damage but the key person I think is Christian Eriksen for us because he makes us tick and he's been playing poorly played very poorly against Everton but scored a free kick and got all the headlines but if you watch the game he didn't play particularly well mm-hmm. Um, and just on that as well like Deli Ali is still coming back from an injury but I guess Son Kyung Min um, probably is the most important player on the pitch mm-hmm. for Spurs the next day because he's going to be the lone striker unless they play as more up front with him Lucas Moura I think he'll probably play him up front on his own he's done it before if he's fully fit which I think he is he will give Liverpool trouble will he give him enough trouble that remains to be seen but I think Ericsson and for me Sonny probably are the two most important players in. 
just to, to follow up on George's point, I, I hope Harry Kane does play because I've watched him a lot this season. And when he went out injured uh, just after Christmas, I think they, they went on a run. Son was absolutely flying. And it was when Kane came back into the fold that they, they seemed to hit a, hit a hiccup. So for me, I hope he takes three cards on injections <laughs> and, and they start him up front of his own. No, 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 no. Like, obviously, but, um, <laughs> so, but I suppose for, from a Liverpool perspective, um, the three up front, like, you, you have to look at him. Man has been an absolute fire the last couple of months. Salah, Salah hasn't repeated what he'd done last season, even though his figures are still up there. He's, he's just his all-round performance isn't there, but he, he's still liable to, to, get to, to get you a goal, you know, like as he did with Chelsea there in the league, just out of nothing. So... Um, I, I do fear for Liverpool with the, with the pace that Spurs have, like more especially Eriksson with the, with the passing. But Son, his movement, Deli Ali, um, it's it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be a cracker. As George says, like, there's going to be goals um, and plenty of them. It's just on, I think Van Dijk is probably going to be your most important. He has to keep the level. That it's hard to say. Like he's been an excellent all year yeah. and deserving player of the year. But you know, people going about that thing that Sissoko broke through at Anfield and he, he made him kick it over. That was just one, one moment. Yeah. But yeah. his consistency, if he can carry that into the Champions League final, we're going to find it very hard to break him down. But if we can drag him out of position, that's the only way you score goals against Liverpool is when you drag him out of position. Yeah. And Spurs are very good at doing that. But this is a Liverpool team that play, have already played in the Champions League final less than 12 months ago. They've been involved in the title race. Confidence is high. My worry is that heads in the Spurs team get turned. It's a Champions League final to build up the stadium, the whole the whole location. When you're not, I know a lot of them are internationals and have played on a, on a in front of big stadium or big attendances, but this is a Champions League final, and that's my big concern that the occasion might get to one or two, and it shouldn't. But you wouldn't blame them if it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you have to lose a final like this before you learn how to win it. Mm-hmm. And I think Liverpool have been through that process because they should have beaten Madrid last year. They know that, so the confidence is there now. And Klopp has been brilliant man management at handling Liverpool this year the comments and taking all the pressure off them so they're the favourites not because I'm sports fan, but they are the favourites I think and I think we have a chance sports have a real chance in this game but they've got every one of them have got to play well and the last few weeks would not fill you with confidence if you've been watching them I, I, just, just when you talk about the sports players playing well I, I go back to Laurie's sure, I've watched him a couple of times this season now again and for for a renowned international keeper, he's erratic. He he is very erratic. Like Larry, Larry that sounds very similar to Carrius. Well, I, ho- I hope he does a Carrius. Um, like and he's, he's, even he's, that, he's, that game at Enfield in the league, you know, the, yeah, like yeah. Salah's header, mm-hmm. bread and butter for for a top class keeper, and, and he parried it out. Like it, it, it got Liverpool over the line in a game that they possibly should have lost. You know, so um, he throws him in every now and then. He's but he has saved us in another league game. Yeah. there's times he saved us down in Bournemouth. Remember, he was absolutely brilliant. And you're right. There's no. There's very little consistency with him. Whereas you've got a much more solid goalkeeper, which is helped by the back four. Until the ball goes to his feet, sometimes. So watch what we'll yeah, be yeah. watching for that. Yeah. But you look. I really do think going into it, the kind of season it's been in the last few weeks, especially when you see company scoring against Leicester, when you see Liverpool coming back against Barcelona, when you see Spurs what they did in Amsterdam, and then you see what's going on in the playoffs, which are, you know we're yeah. not going to talk about. But what's happening? It's just just in terms of uh, crucial players as well just one I want to give a mention to and it may sound like a bit of a hipster take but mm-hmm. Fabinho's uh, performance mm-hmm. against Barcelona in the second leg was uh, he was a monster mm-hmm. and the two players that the lads mentioned as Spurs danger men being Lucas Moura and Son a lot of the damage they do can be coming in from the side but it's also those runs through the middle yeah. Yeah. and if Fabinho can play the role he played against Barcelona and just breaking 
That's what that for, portion of the pitch up mm. and his distribution is good enough as well that he can he, set off in the taxi. Fabinho's been unbelievable. Yeah, on all his season, day, you know, like he, in he the games, the games that he hasn't started, you you, you notice the difference mm. when he's not there. So, as as Jack said, it's, it's key that he he's on top of his game. And and, he, and one last point on that, you flip that over, Musa Sissoko for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when he's yeah. on, if he game, doesn't play, things go wrong. But if he does play, so you see this. You see like, already the way the two teams are probably going to set up. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably be similar in style, I would imagine, and be counter-attacking. It'll be nuts. And there's going to be loads going. A thought that crossed my mind, actually, about Moussa Sissoko when I was watching the, the Ajax game is when the game is played at a frantic pace, mm. it suits him down yeah. to the ground because the box, ball yeah. is just yeah, yeah. rocking everywhere. Yeah. And he's yeah. running through people. When it's a kind of a... Te- a technical te- game, yeah. Slow uh, game. He can stand out as maybe not belonging, but mm. in a game which I assume it's going to be all out it has to be warfare uh, but why, why do I, it's not a Premier League game could this not take on a different life of its own because it's a Champions League final I don't think it's outside team if it does it, it's, I, it's, I, it's a one-off game there's so much could be a cancel each other out yeah. like, but I, I, don't think, I don't think either the teams are going to sit back Like Liverpool don't know how to sit back Spurs are the same no. they, if they sit back they'll, they'll get picked off as well so yeah, I, I don't think any of the two teams not that they don't know how to sit back, but they won't want to sit back because their their biggest strengths are going forward and attacking. But when you know there's so much on the line for both clubs, like he said about what the future holds yeah. and Spurs need to win mm-hmm. and Liverpool need to win. If you go too gung ho and you look at the likes of Lucas Moura kind of for yeah. Spurs and even Firmino, uh, Salamani, if you get picked off early, would it not be a case for the first twenty minutes? Just kind of just play your cards close to your chest. It's sit back and just see what the others are doing. It and could. No, you're yeah. right. It could because previous European finals have been very like that. It mm-hmm. becomes a game of chess. Yeah. The thing that's different this year is that the last couple of months, especially in English football, like the two best teams without the ball in English football are Liverpool and Man City. Mm-hmm. They're the best at pressing because they each have a system. Pep is a system, a Klopp is a system that they brought in their previous clubs. It's not just pushing up. Pochettino has another system, but it's not that like. They are the two best teams in the Premier League, probably in Europe, along with maybe with Barcelona and Bayern Munich, at getting the ball off it. Yeah. And if Spurs don't have something to counteract that, it, if they do have something to counteract that and they decide to sit deep, it could get very boring. It mm-hmm. could. But because the teams... And, and nerves are going to play a big part in this. I think more so for Spurs. But I think that Spurs have seen that if you sit back against Liverpool, there's only one outcome. You really have to go for the juggler. You, know? you have to pick a moment. To be fair, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Pick your moments. But there's so much riding on it. And there really is for the two teams involved. Whether it just, The fact that they're English doesn't really matter. It's just the fact that there's so much riding on it, in my opinion. Not, not just, and I would say the same for Liverpool. Obviously, I'm going to say there's more on it for Spurs, from our point of view, where we're going, where we want to go. That it could be a damn script for a while, but there's too many match winners mm-hmm. in the final third of each pitch. And if we get an early goal... Yeah. If we get an early call, we're looking at five ball. And I think the be- somebody said during the week the best thing sports because it was giving them a trillion lead. And you know, just trying to come back from that. I'd, say, I'd take that, yeah. <laughs> okay, prediction time. So I want to first find out where you're going to watch the game and then who you think is going to win and why, even though this is going to get quite predictable. But start with you, Donald. Well, are, are you watching it? My answer definitely won't be predictable, Kieran, because I've, a, as, as you know, I have a family engagement that evening. So um, I'll, I'll probably watch the highlights the, the day after. I have a sister in law getting married. Um, so she can't move it now. Nah, sure no. they put up a big screen inside in the, for the I, I, might you, the I might get you to give her a buzz there, maybe because um, <laughs> she's not answering my calls anymore. To be honest, but look, I'll 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 hopefully try and keep abreast of us somehow. Maybe someone will shout a score up from the back of the room or something. But um, look, it's the the joys of it. Prediction, so look, it, it's it's an all English final. It, it, it's a one-off. It's a one-off cup game. Like it's 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 not even a European Cup final no anymore. To me, it's it's just a one-off cup game. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
the heart says Liverpool obviously would my head does tend towards Liverpool as well just experience probably they've been there like the, the season that they've had the, the defeat last year they're just probably they're probably more all all rounded but in saying that Spurs get a goal who knows what happens because they, like they've they have so many match winners there as well but I'm, I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool Before we go to Jor the wedding's on in Inchidani isn't it? That's it yeah So anyone in Inchidani watching this and listening <laughs> to this podcast if you could arrange a special TV for Dolan for the wedding this Saturday it'd be very much appreciated Still, And I'll buy plenty of drinks for you Jor? Um, well uh, I'm actually going to be probably working for another publication on the night in question so maybe this isn't a podcast to talk about that but uh, I will be um, watching it at home like I was all the different rounds as well and just writing about Spurs and, and trying to make sense of it um, I, I think if I was and I do this quite a lot if you're a Spurs fan you have no choice you take your heart over it for a while and you cold-bloodedly look at it Liverpool should win it they should win it if I'm being honest but every time I've doubted Spurs even when I doubted them halfway through the Champions League and threw it away they found a way even against all the other two rounds that we spoke about earlier they found a way and what's different with this Spurs team compared to other ones is there's the self-belief injected by their manager that why shouldn't we win why shouldn't we have a go a lot of players may well be leaving at the end of it yes that's a fair point but a lot of them might decide to stay if we win it too because you might get another crack off it and plus you're going to get a huge bonus and if money talks like it does it's better contracts and all of a sudden the club will lose, it changes everything I hope Spurs win it I think they can win it because if Liverpool don't play to their optimum if Liverpool don't especially in midfield if Liverpool don't close Spurs down, we got a we got a couple enough chances at Anfield, I think, to at least win that game. Anyone yeah. that saw it, we played badly uh, in the pre in, in the previous game, but we, we really could have won that game at Anfield. Should have won it. Yeah. That gives me hope, um, but hope can kill you if you're watching Spurs this season. <laughs> or if you're a Liverpool fan, hope can kill you. So I'm yeah. actually not looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm genuinely no. I mean, I'm working for it, but I'm not looking forward to it because it's it's been Stress. the last yeah, it's the last minute of all the games where things have happened. 2-1 after extra time Spurs Jack I know where this is going to go call it um, well I'll be watching it at home in Kilkenny with uh, my father who's actually from the greater Liverpool area but he is an Everton fan <laughs> so his greatest disappointment was uh, raising a Liverpool fan was his son <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I watched the 2005 final with him in his house in Kilkenny and I watched last year's final in London when I was living over there and that didn't go to plan so hopefully so, the, the home nest will provide some some good luck charms and I think Liverpool are going to win by the odd goal I won't give a score prediction and I think the goal is going to come the bold prediction is going to come from a chronic error from Hugo Lloris oh <laughs> and I think he may shed a tear on the field and retire and he looked back on that time when he got caught Jeez. for drink driving and say what was I thinking my career has gone downhill since then <laughs> and uh, Liverpool will lift the cup we won it six times and that oh, is my prediction. Yeah. I'm going to be at the only game that matters on Saturday evening. It's Cork Limerick in Parky <laughs> Ring in the semi-final of the Munster Senior Football Championship. But I'm going to level it up here. I think Spurs are going to win on on, um, on Saturday. I just have that feeling because Deli Alley just keeps popping into my head. And we haven't mentioned him too much. Mm. He's a class act. And even how he set up uh, Lucas Moore's mm. goal, the, the, the day goal against Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about him. I think everything is stacked in Liverpool's favour. Um, but I just have a feeling that Spurs could cause a shock but Spurs need to score first if Liverpool score first it'll be 3-0 yeah. but if Spurs score first I think I think they're strong enough at the back Lloris apart to I would know. don't get me wrong I thought Lloris was possibly the best goalkeeper in the world until about two seasons ago yeah. I had him ahead of De Gea mm. 
or just <laughs> since that drink driving incident, he seems to have lost a bit of his bottle or something. So I still think he's world class. No pun intended. No pun intended. So I think to give smoking. Didn't even mean it. So, <laughs> no so, in, it wasn't so, so, so the two Liverpool fans have gone for Liverpool. A Spurs fan has gone for Spurs, and unsurprisingly, a Man United fan has gone for Spurs. Yeah. So anyway, thank, thanks for listening. Best look to all teams on Saturday, and may the best team win. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sports Podcast. And now before we preview Cork's game with Limerick in the Munster Championship on Saturday. Kieran, there's a developing story ongoing which sort of came to a head last night involving the West Cork ladies football team and their involvement in the championship this season. Can you maybe enlighten us a bit on this story and uh, give us your thoughts on it? Um, this has been bubbling under the surface for the last couple of weeks. So Basically, um, the West Cork Ladies Senior Football Team is a senior football team, so they compete in the Cork Ladies Senior Football Championship. Um, but a number of senior clubs, five in total, um, sent a letter in to the Cork Ladies Board asking the board to look at um, at how West Cork are allowed to compete in, in this championship because the, the West Cork, it's, it's a divisional team, so they're pulling from a, a large number of junior and intermediate clubs. So... Over the last few weeks, there were fears that the West Cork ladies football team would be wound up, which would be a huge, huge shame. So it kind of came to head last night. There was a meeting up in the Rochestown Park Hotel when good news broke through that the West Cork ladies team will be allowed to, to continue. Um, the Cork ladies football board backed, it as, backed that as well. They want to see the team continue. And it's, it's a great development, Jack. Um, like I said, this, this West Cork team has been around for the last three years. Um, what it's done for ladies football in West Cork is, is phenomenal. Um, it gives players from junior and intermediate clubs a chance to play at, at, at the, in the county senior championship, which aids their development. Um, the likes of Melissa Duggan from Dawn, he's kind of in the first year of the West Cork ladies team. She was a real star in that team. And off the back of that, she was called into the Cork panel. She's been there the last two years and she's a definite all-star, in, if not this season, in the next couple of seasons. So... Um, what the other clubs were were frightened was or worried about probably is the they say that the West Cork ladies team will be too strong because they're pulling from all these different clubs and to be fair like the West Cork team is Martino O'Brien in goal the Cork goalkeeper on Terry O'Sullivan uh, Neve Cotter and Claire O'Shea from Beira from Bantry this year they'll have Emma Spillane they'll have Laura Mahoney from O'Donovan Rossa they'll have Emer and Derek Hiley from Valley Rovers they'll have Melissa Duggan from from Donnie's, I probably missed a couple of couple there, but that's seven or eight kind of Cork standard players who are who are on the West Cork team. But it's important to know too, as good as West Cork have been, they haven't won the county senior championship. Mornabi are still the best team in the county. Mornabi have added Noel Healy to their ranks this year. Mornabi are the reigning All Ireland champions, and I go so far to say is that West Cork are what this championship needs because they've they've helped Mornabi to raise their standards. And it's only a good thing, I think, when you've when you've better teams in there, it raises the standards of everyone. If West Cork weren't there this year, Jack, Mornabi would be overwhelming favourites to win again. And are is it indefinite now that the West Cork ladies will compete in the championship or 
what was the compromise that they came to last night? Is this going to be a rolling inclusion in the championship? Will they also be there next season? I hope so. Um, there is a rule. There's rule 188 of the in, in the LGFA, the Ladies Gaelic Football Association, which deals with how um, how I suppose boards can can pick divisional teams. As in, sorry, as in what picks divisional teams can have, how many intermediate and junior clubs that they can they can choose from. But my understanding is that's more a guideline than a rule. So it's up to the different county boards to kind of interpret that rule whichever way they they want. And the, the Cork Ladies Football Board is in favour of, of having the West Cork Ladies Football Team involved. And again, it's just a positive for, for, for Cork football in general because there's so many good talented footballers down here in West Cork at the moment. And what this senior team does, it gives... Even the underage girls, kind of from under 14, under 16 and, and minor, it gives them something to aim for and it gives local footballers here in West Cork exposure to what senior club football is like. That will only help them develop and get better. It will help their clubs when they go back to their clubs. It's a win-win situation because then the Cork teams benefit off the back of that. Even the Cork under 14 team this year, the ladies football team, I think there's 11 players from West Cork involved. So it shows that West Cork really is a hotbed for, for ladies footballers at the moment. So it is, it's fantastic news and I'm delighted that the, the West Cork ladies team are, are here to stay. Okay, well, we'll continue to follow that story throughout the year. Now, on Saturday night at around the same time, the Champions League final kicks off in Madrid. Some eyes will be on Parky Rin as Cork take on. Surprise package Limerick in the opening round, or not the opening round, in the Cork's opening fixture in the Munster Football Championship. In a few minutes, we'll hear from Cork footballer Kevin Flaheve, who spoke to Dennis Hurley. But Kieran, first, your thoughts on the game. Are we looking at a potential banana skin for Ronan McCarthy's side? First off, Jack, why, oh, why have the GEA put this game up against a Champions League final? Jesus Christ. I'm, like, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but to have a Champions League final at 8 o'clock and then to have the two Munster semi-finals around at 7 o'clock, you've Cork and Limerick, obviously in Parker Ring at 7, and there's Kerry and Clare, I think it's Cusick Park, at 7. Like, Jesus, could they not move the games forward to 5 or 6? You know, kind of, it really smacks of old even, school GEA. Even a half an hour, half past 6. That's exactly, you know, kind of like... it will be out in time to watch it in a pub or get home. Is because to be fair, like Liverpool are a hugely supported um, supported team, especially here in Cork, and even on the Cork football p- panel, Brian Hurley, Paul Kerrigan, Thomas Clancy, um, Kevin Flahev, they're all Liverpool fans. You know, I know that's not enough of a reason to move a game forward, but sometimes with the GA, you just love a bit of common sense and push the game forward by an hour. Started at six, everyone's out the gate, and just go watch a Champions League final, which is a big spectacle. But <laughs> and it's not as though the Cork footballers are the most passionately followed side in Gaelic football especially especially within their own county compared to the hurlers mm-hmm. so it's going to even knock off some serious numbers on the amount of casual sports fans who walk up to Parky Rin on the night of the game generally that's exactly it you know kind of those kind of those, those kind of sunny day observers who might might pop along they probably won't be there but um, like I said earlier Jack is it a potential banana skin for Cork at the moment, every game is a potential banana skin for Cork, and I don't say that to trying to be smart. Um, obviously, Cork were relegated to Division Three of the National Football League. It was another poor league campaign. They're going in now against a Limerick team that went to Turles and beat Tipperary by seven points. That was Limerick's first championship win since 2012. So Limerick will come down here high in, high in confidence. And I was chatting to their manager Billy Lee for this week's Southern Star, and I was kind of putting it to, to Billy that Limerick are in a no lose situation here because. Nobody's expecting them to win. So if they win, massive shock and massive congrats again. But if they lose, Cork were always expected to win. It's Cork who are in the no-win situation here. Um, 
you still would think that Cork should have too much for Limerick. Um, there's there's rumours of this challenge game against Dublin that are doing the rounds that the Cork beat Dublin in a challenge game a couple of weeks back. Um, dangerous rumour. Dangerous rumour. I wouldn't really hang my kind of my hopes on on a rumour like that. But um, the Cork footballers should be better than what the results have shown the, in, in in the last two years. They did finish the league quite strongly. They got that win up in Armagh and they had um, a win against Tip as well in there. So they're kind of. It, it was a strong enough finish to the league, even though they they were relegated. But um, Cork should win. Hopefully, they will win. But then you're looking at a Kerry Cork Munster final, and I don't need to remind Cork fans what happened when they met in last year's. That was an absolute spanking. So um, I think we'll take it one game at a time. Um, so all eyes are on Parky Ring Saturday night, seven o'clock. Well, as I mentioned earlier, at the press day for Saturday's game. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Hurley caught up, and now I've all, already butchered this player's name <laughs> in my intro. Um, so I'm going to let you tee us up for this one. Who did Dennis Hurley speak to uh, on, on, for the press event? He was speaking to Kevin Flahev. Like I probably pronounced it wrong too, as well. No, kind of. But um, Denise Hurley was talking to <laughs> Kevin Flahev. How have uh, how's preparations been since the end of the league? Yeah, look, obviously we parked the league where it was. Uh, we obviously weren't delighted with the way it went. Um, look, we were happy with our last three performances and we main thing was we wanted to perform. We built on that. We um, we had a good few challenge games. So we obviously went into them and we did well and the training's going well. Uh, training hard. We had a very good block. It's almost like a, a second pre-season almost when you come back from the league, when you come back from the club. But yeah. look, we've it all under our belt now and we're very happy with how it has went so far. What well, was it good to be able to go back to the club and just kind of clear the head a bit and, and just recharge and then refocus when you when you do join together again with the county panel? Definitely. Um, look, I always love going back to the club. Um, I feel it's unfortunate that we can't play enough games with them, but that's just kind of how the way it is and yeah. that's, that's what it takes. So, um, we went back and obviously look, fellas, one for one the championship, one or two fellas kicking six points in championship games for, for Duhalo and, and crowds like this so like when they come back into training then they're off a fresh bit of form you know which is yeah. fantastic and again you kind of get a break from the whole setup and you go out playing with different players and stuff and fellas can come back and we came back and it worked well for us I feel because yeah. everyone came back enthusiastic and ready to go at it again you know and was there any kind of debriefing or team meeting or anything after the league to look at what went wrong and why it went wrong and how it can be avoided yeah look we, we have briefings after most games um, and we really do go through them and we look at our own mistakes mostly um, and then we obviously look at the, the next thing to go so we had a brief after for, after every game and look, yeah. halfway through we kind of said look lads it's not going well and we really had a look at it and if you look at the tip game the Donegal game and the Airmark game they were significantly better yeah. and we did do that and look we had a briefing after obviously as every team would and the main thing was look at we did go down and we had to park that you know that's yeah. next year's problem and no one has even mentioned that at this stage you know it's literally all guns towards the championship and that's that's what was said in the meeting you know yeah. there's obviously potential there and I've played with a lot of teams between Sigurdsson and, and all that and I, there is potential here and that's the hope that we're going to drive on now and show that in the championship uh, you mentioned getting to the league like, was there some consolation at least to take from the fact that you went to Armagh knowing you had to win to keep alive your chances and you know but for the result in, in the Clare Tip game you might have actually stayed up that you needed to get the win and you did yeah look that, that was it and that was it there was no two ways about it if we didn't win we were going down and look 
all Ronan said was, look, this is what's in our hands. Yeah. So go out, we win here, and if it doesn't go away, it doesn't go away. There was nothing we could do in that day about it, unfortunately. So we did, we went out and we won. And to be honest, it was a great game, and uh, they definitely put up our a decent size, you know. Um, and we, they, we got enough of it up there. They're a great, strong team. Yeah. So look, we were delighted to get the win up there. And that's what you have to build off. Obviously, the results weren't great, but for us it was the performance. And look, to be honest, if we go out and we have a great championship, that would be a lot better, you know. Yeah, and you'd be going against Limerick as strong favourites, but Tip were going in against them as well. So it's probably a good thing that they, they've kind of shown their hand almost in putting up that good result so you won't be taken for granted. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, we played them earlier on in the year. Um, I think it was the McGrath Cup. And look, oh, we played yeah, them yeah. and they were uh, a huge physical team, to be honest with you. We, were, we came in at half-time and they really shocked us. Yeah. How physical they were, how strong, fit they were. They were and very well-trained and a very good free-taker. And big midfield, like, they're a very strong team, you know. Yeah. So obviously they run at you. They, they can hurt you big time. And look, to be honest with you, if we went out and played and beat them by seven points, we'd be absolutely over the moon. Yeah. That's what Limerick did. So look, I, we're not taking them lightly at all. And he, despite if we were playing them first round, we wouldn't have. We were lucky enough to play them earlier on in the year. Um, so look, we're not taking any chances or we're not writing out. We don't read into this favourites or not favourites. Yeah. Because it's a game of football at the end of the day. You know, everyone's fit, everyone's strong, everyone's conditioned, everyone has their tactics. And one or two breaks for ball could go anyway. Yeah. So we just really have to outwork them really to, and really want it more go through to the Monster final. And, and for yourself, how do you think you compare as a player now to when you first came onto the panel? Geez, it was a few years ago I kind of only broke on I suppose last year but definitely it's just experience unfortunately I'm playing inside in the corner sometimes yeah. so uh, it's tough because you can get a rude awakening fairly quickly one the county forward can turn you fairly uh, fairly handy but to be honest like you learn from the older fellas like James Lockery and a few of those lads coming through like in it's great to be training with them each week because you can see kind of the things and obviously I feel in the full back line it's also about just a bit of experience I think you just yeah. get that as you come along and a bit of naivety from playing underage it, it is a big step up you know even yeah. the ball coming in you can't overcommit or all this type of stuff so hopefully I'd like to think I'm developing and getting better as a player and hopefully I continue that for the next couple of years and, and would you have a preference maybe to be free further out the field into the half back line to be honest I'm, I'm happy with the job I'm given you know yeah. um, i probably be a natural halfback but like I'm inside in the corner and most of the time I'm given a job to do and I'm delighted to be on the team and I'm going to be playing it's a team game and like obviously our wing back storm they're doing fantastic Maddie Taylor and like Kevin Crowley before I got injured was unfortunate but Liam O'Donovan's another fantastic players yeah. you know and I'm delighted obviously one to be playing and that I've faith <laughs> that my manager is waiting me to be playing so look I'm happy to be contributing to the team and to be honest at the end of the day if we can hopefully get over Limerick and get over Clare and carry them on the final and try to win the Munster be delighted and hopefully drive on from there you know Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport podcast and Kieran I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty good sports section this week especially considering what went on at Wembley on Monday yeah fantastic um, another f- fantastic 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 occasion for Bendon's Conor Horan <laughs> we now have our first ever West Cork Premier League footballer so huge congrats to Conor for that um, Conor started in midfield and he played the whole game as Aston Villa beat Derby County 2-1 in the championship playoff final so that means Villa and Connor are heading to the Premier League next season which is great news um, it's like Connor. it was his fourth time playing at Wembley and he's won three times now that's the second time he's won promotion there so it's fantastic and it's 
at the moment, he's kind of suffering on a real crest of a wave. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago for Ireland, he a match against Gibraltar, scored a winning goal against Georgia in the Euro 2020 qualifiers, scored a goal in the in, in the playoff win against... Was that against again, Jack? Um, in the playoff win? Playoff semi-final. He against... Got um, West Brom. West, West, West Brom, sir. Or the, the baggies here, the baggies and he scored a penalty too in the when it went to extra time in the second leg so Connor's on like I said on a real crest of a wave and it's fantastic to see a local fella go all the way to the Premier League um, shoot summer ahead for him you know kind of he's Ireland friendlies now not not friendly sorry Ireland qualifiers qualifiers yeah. again the week after next um, obviously Connor features very very prominently in this week's Southern Star Sports section which again Jack is a really good read I have to say and I'm not being biased but I do mentally rate the star sections in my head and I'm really really happy with, with this week's um, Southern Star Sports not that that counts for much but um, I think it's a really good one we have a two page interview with Thomas Clancy the Cork footballer from Clannacilte and he's a he's an interesting story Thomas is 27 years of age and he really should be at the peak of his powers now he was part of the Cork team that reached the minor in Ireland in 2010 but Thomas has only ever played nine championship games for Cork and eight of those came in 2013 and 2014. He's been hampered and riddled by injuries and it's such such a shame that that a fellow who could be a powerhouse of the Cork defence who can play full-back and centre-back has been kind of hampered by injuries so much. So it's a, it's a big two-page spread with Thomas Clancy and it's well worth to read and I'd say it's essential reading ahead of Cork and Limerick on, on Saturday night. Um, once they're... Carcamogi, sorry, suffering the crest of a wave again, to, to use that phrase for the third time. Um, <laughs> we'll need to get a thesaurus in this uh, studio so we can start expanding keep, our spoken vocabulary. We keep tripping over the same words, but um, the, the Cork Senior Camogie team won the Munster Senior Camogie final, beaten Tip last weekend. The Cork Junior team won the Munster Camogie final last weekend, and that follows on from the Cork Intermediate team winning the pre- pre- previous weekend. So Cork have completed a clean sweep in Munster Camogie. It's almost like a tongue, a tongue twister, a tongue, mm. a tongue twister. Um, as well as that, the, the Cork ladies beat Waterford in the in the first round of the Munster ladies football. We've interviewed Richie Holland from Bendon um, Soccer Club after a fantastic season for them. Forgot to mention, and I'll finish with this one, Jack. Um, Dara McElhinney, he is the 18-year-old Glengariff athlete who runs at Bantry Athletic Club. He's a real, real prospect. And last Saturday night in Belgium, he became the first Irish teenager teenager to ever run under 14 minutes for the 5,000 metres. Um, he set a new PB, and he knocked 17 seconds off his old PB. Um, for readers of the Southern Star, Dara's been, he's been prominent for years and years. He's a former West Cork Youth Sports Star Award winner. He's a terrific talent and he's only 18 and he's banging out national records to beat the band. He's his leaving cert coming up in Bantry there um, next week. So best look there. Um, Dara. Um, so no, fantastic. So I, I, I had a chat with Dara this week just to look back on, on a race he described as, as close to perfection as you can get. It's, it's it's fantastic. He's a he's a young fella. We'll be hearing a lot lot more about in the future. So congrats, so congrats, Dara. Congrats, Connor. Congrats to Cork Camogie team. Congrats, everyone. Great weekend for for West Cork sport. So hopefully now the Cork footballers footballers Jesus will do the job this weekend. We'll have a good bank holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, hopefully everything goes to plan. Now before we wrap up today, Kieran, last week you obviously were ranting and raving about various different things but you seem in better form today I don't know 
why why that is I suppose because the, the sun the sun brings the best out the of me the sun and Conor Howrahan leading yeah. Aston Villa to promotion filled the paper itself essentially this week but I want to get your thoughts on on the local and European elections <laughs> were you following any of the coverage across any of the papers say for example a certain this actually wasn't related to the elections but an interview given by a sitting TD on today with Sean O'Rourke yesterday afternoon Maria Bailey did you follow any of that because there was some sports references in it I'd like to get your thoughts on I don't think she's so happy with her 10k time is yeah. what I took from it so that was probably disappointing from her point of view she's ran faster times before you know but like anyone who knows like if, if you've had a fall if you've suppose you fell off a swing or just fell you know it can hamper hamper you when you're running there was only a couple of weeks between her unfortunate accident and the, her, her 10k run so um, yeah I, 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 I followed it um, I don't want to say too much except that it was a PR disaster <laughs> I think that radio interview kind of if it couldn't have gone any worse if she tried it <laughs> literally couldn't have it literally couldn't have it was just it was car crash from the first moment <laughs> um, my, my favourite part was um when Sean O'Rourke kind of teed her up at the start and her way of kind of she, she was trying to get I'm going to use the phrase already she was trying to get the audience on side but the reference she used was she said Sean you know I was raised on the side of a GAA field I don't play offside now first of all people who are on the side of the field can't be done for offside in football anyway also there is no offside in GAA hurling or football so within 10 seconds she had already outed herself as uh, a giant phony essentially and uh, it was it just it was all downhill from there it was it's, it's it was just her preparation kind of left a lot to be desired I think, you know, <laughs> a lot a lot to be desired can you can you maybe um Try put it into context from a personal experience. Have you ever like um, fallen off a swing? Fallen off a swing. We've all fallen off swings, but in terms of the actual interview, have you ever found yourself in a position where you are just completely bluffing and lying through your teeth, and uh, you, you basically get found out? See, I'm usually the person asking the question, so kind of I'm on the. I'm usually safe from that, but I've had a couple of dodgy interviews over the years. I have to say, there's been a couple of interviews where the dictaphone has failed me. And that's absolute nightmare stuff. You go back after to listen to your interview and there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. Um, so they've been disasters. Um, have I bluffed my way through interviews? I probably have in my early days, but as the older I get, the more experienced I get, Jack. So um, yeah. I think I can talk myself about the most situations. But I once interviewed um racehorse trainer and former England international Mick Shannon. I don't know if you're aware of him. He was like an England player in the 70s and 80s. Played for Leeds. Possibly played for Manchester United, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But I was going up a young, aspiring, budding racing journalist. I hadn't a notion that he had played soccer oh. at any level. <laughs> I only knew him from his, um, from his racing training. Mm. And uh, found out pretty lively when... There was FA Cup medals, and I said, "Who owns these?" And his, he said, "They're mine." It was pretty embarrassing because when you're a young journalist, you like to give off the impression that you know everything about the subject, even though it's impossible to know everything about anyone. It was years ago when I worked in Kerry in a previous life, and then Ireland manager Steve Staunton actually visited Clarny with a FAI trip. And I remember interviewing him, and there was a fella from Beaufort at the time, which was just outside Clarny, called Brenda Maloney, who was playing, I think, with Knott's Forest. And I remember asking Steve Staunton about 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 Brendan to see was was he on the radar at the time or something, and he bluffed his way because he'd obviously not saying he hadn't heard of him, 
but it looked like he hadn't heard of Brenda Maloney and stuff. So I had two or three minutes of the biggest waffle <laughs> that you could imagine. But it was an answer. It was, there was an answer there. And they so, gave you some copy to put in the paper that week. Yeah, paper never refuses ink. You know, there was there was some copy there. I was able to make some sort of a headline out of it. But yeah, uh, so um, sometimes I do feel for the person on the other end of the, the receiving end of the questions when you when you know you've asked them something and you can see the look in their face they're like oh no why are you asking me this why are you asking me please please stop but I, I would suggest that if it's not in a, like a live interview situation if it's for a, a print or even a to be shown later as live I'd always try and make them feel comfortable and say look if you don't know an answer don't bother trying to bluff we'll just work through it together what's the point obviously if it's live television there's nothing you can do about that remember Dominic Casey too before you finish up and Dominic Casey from Skibbering Wrong Club he's going to kill me for saying this but in, he's come a lot better now with interviews to be fair like anyone who knows Dominic knows he's kind of he's media shy he doesn't like partaking in interviews but at the start when I started in the Southern Star I used to check in with, with Dominic and kind of get updates off him and at the end of every phone conversation he'd say no don't use any of that Kieran <laughs> so so but in fairness to know Dominic's, Dominic's a lot better now so um, I apologise for bringing that up Dominic but uh, that was one of my, my initiation into West Cork when I, when I first landed it was interviews that weren't interviews I thought they were interviews <laughs> I was asking questions he was answering them but then he used to finish and say well don't use any of that <laughs> so so that was that but anyway thanks for listening again to the Star Sport Podcast we'll be back at the same time next week so you've so if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on iTunes Spotify YouTube Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show